Crap with Beth and Matt. Cut to Crap is the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Welcome everybody to episode seven. In today's episode, we are joined by our friend Andy, aka Andy Does Healthy on social media. Andy is a registered dietitian here to give you nutrition facts with a little bit of sass. <laughs> we talk about why she became a registered dietitian in the first place, her past as a collegiate gymnast, we debunk some myths, and we discuss whether or not sugar is addictive, and we have a little bit of fun with an overrated, underrated segment. Let's go. Can you tell what I am, Matt? You are a cheese, so that's a block of cheese on your head? Yep. Um, are you carnivore? You're, is, that, is that bacon? Yep. Bacon. And you're no carbs, so you're, yep. are you doing keto or are you carnivore, dressed up as? I'm a keto diet. Your keto diet. <laughs> Amazing. And and I'm dressed up in my handy dandy banana That's costume because right. apparently bananas are stupid is what Dr. Ken Berry likes to say. So, um, and then Beth is I'm, a skeleton. I'm a skeleton. I love it. Amazing. This is already, we can just end the podcast now and it's already been perfect. So it can only go down from here. So <laughs> really, really, truly. Oh boy. All right. Well, let's, let's get this episode rolling. Um, we don't yes. have an agenda for today. So Andy, how Good. are you doing? Mm. Super duper. Super duper. We, we are super excited. We've been super excited to get you on here and chat with you for yes, a while. So. We love you so much. Thanks. I'm so flattered. I'm it's so like, excited. You're, you're, you're our favorite TikTok sassy dietitian. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like I should have made the bed, but uh. I didn't. So there you go. So I don't make my bed. It's all right. I'm not. I'm yeah. a slacker. So <laughs> we don't give a what shit are you up here. To? <laughs> no, we, what do, am not. I up we to? do not. Yes. What? How's your day you been guys going? Guys, all have nice offices. Um, no, the kids are sleeping, and then we might go out and like eat food. We never leave the house. So this you could be like two, a big two deal. young ones or twins. Yeah, right? we have. Uh, like almost two-year-old twins. Oh my gosh! Talk mm-hmm. about a handful. It's it's it's, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah I bet. So. I bet. <laughs> yeah. So, bo- yeah. are they boy, boy, girl? Uh, yeah, boys, one of each. girls. One of each. Yeah. Okay. My uh, best yeah. friend, uh, Rick. Um, he's a twin. Uh, he's three minutes older than his sister, so we can't forget that. So. <laughs> right. No. I thought about like when they're older, not telling them who's older, but um, yeah, just let them fight about it. I'm sure they'll ask. <laughs> they will, and and my daughter's older, and she has the personality of an older sibling, so there's no hiding it. Like there's no hiding it at all. So it just comes natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing. Fun. They, they, they keep me on my toes. And they eat all my what's, food. And what's your biggest challenge with having two two year old twins at home? And with maybe 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 your biggest challenge in terms of like diet or exercise, I suppose, because I, I know a lot of people could relate to that then too. Um, this was funny, and it, it showed up in like a TikTok video. Is someone was like, "Go to the gym," and then I made a video. Oh, Papa Swolio. It's like, I don't yeah. have a babysitter. Like, I mean, I suppose mm-hmm. I could try harder to get one, but like a lot of gyms don't have places where yeah. you can take 
Correct. small children and and then twin small children. Like I could probably take one baby with me on errands, but mm-hmm. two of them, mm-hmm. oh no. Like it's yeah, a for disaster. sure. That's a whole nother set of challenges. Like trying to take two people, two small people places, you need two people. Yeah. Um yeah. taking two two toddlers anywhere takes two people. Yeah. And even then it's a, a shit show. And then you get them off their nap schedule and it takes them like two days to recover. So um I'm the same yeah, way. Like I if I get, get off my sleep schedule. In, no. So I can get a workout in while they're napping. Yeah. And then yep. Whenever, like, I eat when they're eating, and usually some version of what they're eating. I was going to say, do you eat what they're eating as well? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And then cooking dinner is very difficult unless my husband's home. And if he works later, again, cooking dinner is impossible. So it's just a big a big change. So the whole idea of like everybody has the twenty same twenty four hours in the day is just complete, complete shit. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I agree. I saw I saw a really good post about that yesterday from um, I think it was uh, powerlifting dietitian. I think made a post about it. I think on Instagram. Yeah. Um, he he made a really good post about that because, like you said, it, it, maybe some people have a long commute, like, or you know, some people commute two hours each way for work. Right there, that's four hours out of their day, which could be used for other things if they didn't have that long commute. But that their their hands have kind of been forced for them, right? Their cards have been played. Now they just have to figure out how to play those cards. And um, yeah, it's I I've and I I'll be honest, I've been guilty of saying that in the past. Everybody has the same 24 hours, but that's what that's one of those things where I've as I got more into coaching and, and building relationships with people, it's not actually that easy because yeah. so there's so many other factors that go into it. It's just like with like something like obesity, there's so many factors that go into it, right? You can't just yeah. say it's one thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my husband's commute sometimes on a few days of the week is like an hour and fifteen minutes to work and an hour and fifteen yeah. minutes back. It's like it eats your and it eats up your entire day. Yeah. So it's I mean, it's really hard. And the yeah. do what you can with the time you have and the no workout is a bad workout is yes. is always good advice. Yeah. I agree 100%. I think that's something Beth, you, you and I both agree on is like, there's no such thing as a bad workout. Something, right. something is better, is better than, nothing, than nothing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. For sure. Now, Andy, so you're a licensed dietitian, everyone. Yes. So yes. how did you get into that field? And what inspired so, you? So I did gymnastics my whole life. And Going into college, I thought I wanted to be a journalist. (laughs) And then I took a journalism class my freshman year and slept the whole class. Like it was my nap time. I would go and then I would sleep because I was so tired because, I mean, you're a freshman in college and who sleep? Who, I mean, like who goes to bed early when you're a freshman in college? No, not at all. And you're in the dorms and nobody like the dorms are the least quiet place in the universe. Um, So I would sleep. And then I was like, maybe if I can't stay awake in this class, I shouldn't major in this. So then I wanted to do pre-med. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. 
And then I was like, oh, shit, you have to take OCHEM. I'm not smart enough to take OCHEM. So my parents were always like major in something you can use, which is incredibly practical advice. Like do not major in psychology or sociology unless you're planning on getting a PhD. Like just don't do it because um, everybody at Starbucks has one of those degrees, by the way. (laughs) They do. Like people think people working at Starbucks don't have a degree. No, they have degrees. They just have degrees they can't use. Um, so my mom was like, you know, major in something that you know. And I was like, oh, I know how to go on a diet. So maybe I'll major in nutrition. <laughs> okay. It sounds shitty, but that's kind of how it started. And then lo and behold, like all of the nutrition classes are science classes. And then I had to take OCHEM anyway. Damn it. You still couldn't avoid it. (laughs) No, no, I couldn't avoid it. And it was really funny because I think to take the MCATs, the only other class I would have had to take is like OCHEM lab. And then I could have taken the MCATs. But then I was like, oh, well, if I hate being a dietitian, maybe I'll go back to medical school. And then I didn't hate being a dietitian. But they also, you can't do anything with a BS in nutrition. Like you can't, there's no job with just a BS in nutrition. Um, You have to be a dietitian to like work in any kind of, to work in any real nutrition role. Right. Mm -hmm. Unless you're an Mm -hmm. influencer on the internet, like to work in a hospital, to work in school food service, to work in long-term care, to work in an actual legitimate nutrition job, you have to be a dietitian. Um, And to get a dietetic internship, you have to apply to one. Like they don't just give you one and they're really competitive. So here I am out of my nutrition undergrad, like having no idea about any of this because like I did sports and nobody told me that. So I was like, oh, shit, (laughs) what do I do? Um, So I found a graduate program actually at the same place I went to undergrad that had a master's program that had the internship attached. So then I got my RD and my master's degree at the same time. And then. Okay. For, for, uh, to become a registered dietitian, isn't the requirement changing to, to have a master's degree here soon from a bachelor's degree? Yeah. By 2024, you'll need a master's degree. Gotcha. Which I think is useful because in graduate school, you have to take, or I did take like, I took an entire class on research, like reading research, deciphering what was good and what was shit research, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, things like that. And then Which you obviously, you like, that's got to come in handy. Do research, you do a thesis. I mean, all yeah. of that stuff. So it is really useful. Yeah. yeah, like like Beth just said, that's that's pretty much your content right now, right? Like that's yeah. on on TikTok. That's a lot of what you do is the research and evidence based and 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 debunking all the bullshit that's out there yeah. with actual evidence, which people don't believe anyway. So no, they really um, don't. They're like, oh, you're still full of crap. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I, I think my personal feelings are what matters. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't think people realize how hard, like, what entails to research. Like, it's not just going on Google. <laughs> fucking typing in something, right? And that's that's what they think research is. But you actually, you're comparing data. And I mean, I'd like to know more about it, but. Well, and the poor people who like do the research and do the studies spend years and years 
in years on this. Right. And then people are just like, you're wrong. <laughs> and it's like. It's, it's a thankless. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, someone to sure. dismiss your life's work to be like, oh, but Facebook told me this. It just, you know, if it was me, I would just be so demoralized and so frustrated. I mean, yeah, to, 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 to the random person. Yeah. But like, at least when, you know, with your, your peers, you obviously, you stand out to your peers, they review your papers and, and they, they are the ones that are pretty much determining whether you're full of shit or not. Right. Um, Absolutely. But, but, thus peer reviewed papers yeah. and which we all love. Um, so <laughs> um, what is, what, what's something that instantly stands out as poor research to you? When you when when you're doing your research, when you're when you're sifting through the data, and you know can, whether you there are types of controls or their their methods that they've used, or maybe it's like just an observational study or something. Um, I think that's really something that people don't understand either. Is like a lot of studies that are that people are citing to support their stance are their their observational and or anecdotal, even worse, right? Um, and that that's what really starts, I think, the the downward trend of misinformation. Well, I think with a lot of observational studies and a lot of mm -hmm. population-based studies for a lot of things, you can take a big pool of information about a lot of people um, and say, we have all of this information about food they normally eat, habits they normally have, and some statistician can take it and make a bunch of correlations and then another statistician can take it and make a bunch of correlations and they can be totally different. Based on like what based on what based on what statistics they use, or, what okay. exclusions they make. Um so who do you trust? Right. So it's right. like the so a really good example is there is one study that says milk causes hip fractures and it doesn't. It's complete bunk. And there's one study that says that. And it's because some dude played around with the statistics. And then other people have taken that same set of data, done the same, done statistical analyses on that same set of data and found something completely different. Mm. Okay. And here, like, and the other thing is if you can't prove a mechanism like how does this cause this the likelihood of it is complete bullshit right which is something that i know i've been heavily involved with lately and i know you've done videos on this which is like diet soda and and aspartame and and all these different colored you know coloring dye colorings and things like that you know because there's these very weak observations that there, there's no way to actually make that connection with, with any type of data. Right. But, um, people see these things and they run wild with them. Yeah. And, um, getting really good nutrition, <laughs> what my hat falling off. Yeah. It's hard to wear cheese on your head. Yeah. Getting good it's better in your mouth. nutrition information about people is always very hard yeah. because mm -hmm. they'll use like food frequency questionnaires. And it's like, you send, if, if I send Beth a, how often do you eat these foods? I mean, you think you can make an educated guess, but most mm -hmm. of the time people are wrong. Right. Most of the time, the serving sizes can be really vague. Like nobody knows what a hundred grams of bread or a hundred grams of vegetables looks like. 
And like 100 grams of cucumbers is a very different than 100 grams of spinach, which is different than 100 grams of bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, like I said, they'll make statistical correlations. And then when people look at these things, they'll jump to this causes this, which again is bunk. So it yeah. just, we have a lot, a lot of observational studies and that is for diseases like cancer or osteoporosis or diseases that involve aging. That's the only kind of data we have is because those diseases take so long to get that you can't do a randomized control trial for people getting cancer. Okay. Okay. Because that would take like 50 to 60 years and nobody has the time, the funding and the resources. Not only that, but you could be following somebody around for that. And then they just never, that, you know, cancer never develops, hopefully. Right. Then you just wasted all that time and money. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're doing like a a bone study at the University of Minnesota. And my husband's like 102-year-old grandma is one of the oldest surviving participants in that study. Like she still goes. My husband has a 104 grandmother right now. (laughs) That's that's nuts. Right? Awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Pick pick her brain, you know, about what she's done with her life and her nutrition habits and everything. (laughs) She made, yeah, Italian mother that stayed home and homemade pasta. And I mean, she made everything from scratch at home and she never drove, never had a car. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's crazy what like the habits of people who live a long time have. Mm, And it's never like, Oh, I went on lots of diets and I, you know, was mm. super healthy. No, no, it's like they were very normal people. Yeah. And I made my food a majority of the time and I went like and they went on a walk every day. I, I know like I, on my daily walks, I, I've, I've started connecting with this older gentleman. His name is Dick. I think he's in his 80s, but he yeah. doesn't look a tad over 60. And he literally, he's walking the block. It's like a, my walk is like a two mile walk and he's walking down up and down the street every morning at the same time. And he's done that his entire life, you know? So it's, it's those things. And that's one reason why I talk about, you know, walking every day as being such a fundamental thing that we do because of the proven benefits of cardio, how it helps your cardiovascular health and bone density and, and, and just building that good habit and being active. We've yeah. lost that. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing. All right. I have a question for you. Shoot. What do you think about be, people when they say they're addicted to sugar? Do you think sugar is physically addicting? Ooh, loaded question. I've, I really like want to get to the bottom of this because I can, as someone that is like an addict, um, sometimes it irks me that someone could say they're physically addicted to sugar, but you literally will not go into have to go to a detox center or die. And that's, that's where I go, but I get the physical and the behavior or the behavior and emotional part of it. But I just wanted to hear a dietitian's thoughts. So when people are like, I'm addicted to food, you need calories to survive as a human being. Like it's a basic, if you do not eat, you will die. Like it is a basic necessity for human survival. So how can you be addicted to something that you are required to consume for basic survival? One, two, all carbohydrates are sugar. Mm -hmm. 
Three, I get when they're referring to hyperpalatable foods. Pizza, like pizza chips, etc. Those foods aren't aren't carbs alone. Right. Right? Those pizza all the other stuff. carbohydrates, fat, and salt. Those all foods tasty are a combination of hyperpalatable ingredients smushed together. Right. And mm-hmm. it's usually the combination of like sugar, fat, and salt mushed together that makes things really, really yummy. Yep. Um, and things like Doritos and chips and cookies and things, the food industry has kind of engineered to be palatably sweet enough, but not too sweet that you want to keep eating them. So there is an element of things the food industry has done to make you want to keep eating them. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Right. The way I look at it. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I I was gonna say the way I look at it, I've got two scenarios that pop up into my head. One of them is if you you say you're addicted to sugar, like go ahead and take a shot of a tablespoon of tablespoon sugar, right? Yeah. Is that going to give you that like, is that going to give you that same sensation as eating these hyper palatable, palatable foods like you just mentioned? Probably not. So that that right there is one way that I like to look at it. The other way I like to look at it is with potato chips. Will I just sit there and eat an entire bag of potato chips um, or would I sit there and eat raw, regular potatoes like that? Probably not because right. it's hyper palatable. Exactly. Exactly. Because the potato chips have other things in them like the texture and the salt and the mouthfeel. And those are things that food engineers have worked on to make you want to eat more. Second of all, I think a lot of people have restricted those foods currently restrict those foods or have restricted those foods in the past and have told themselves you can't be trusted around these foods Mm. and have kind of have this inner monologue in their head of either they tell themselves they're addicted to sugar or they tell themselves that you can't be trusted around food. And some of my clients, I tell them like, what if you just told yourself you can be trusted around food? And what if you just those foods that you don't let yourself have in the house, what if you just let yourself have in the house? Unconditional freedom, right? What What if you just changed the whole premise around that and said, I'm just going to have Oreos in the house. Would that behavior change? Granted, for some people, it doesn't. For a lot mm-hmm. of people, it does. Yeah. So that that restriction mindset creates a lot of different behaviors in people um, and makes people feel like, Oh, I'm addicted to something. No, really, you're not. Really, it's just the the kind of like the like the purple elephant syndrome. Yeah. If I tell you not to think about a purple elephant, what are you going to think about? You yeah. think about the purple elephant. And yeah. When you tell tell people that you're not, you can't be physically addicted to sugar, they get really upset. Like they do. Yeah. Like it's just as addictive as cocaine. No, it's not. And I'm like, no, right. that's it. You know. I've never seen sugar destroy somebody's family and destroy somebody's right. livelihood. And, you know, I mean, now, it, it, that's it, not it the, does. It can. It oh. does give you happy hormones in your brain. Yeah. That's, yep. But, yep. but that's biologically what it's supposed to do. That's because calories and sugar and things prevent cavemen from dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, not a bad thing. It's a survival mechanism and that's not going to go away. Right. Yeah. Um, now, obviously then there's the behavioral side. To it. Right. Yeah. Obviously eating disorders exist and mental health and everything. You can be yes. 
psychologically addicted to it, right? Because you're using that as a coping mechanism or some yes. type of a stress relief or comfort or, or emotional su- support, right? Yes. So, but physically addicting, yeah. obviously, yeah. And and then you know there that comes to the piece. You have to talk about the piece of what do you have in your life that you can use as a um, tool for stress reduction that's not food related. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. can you meditate? Can you do yoga? Can you um, go on a walk and listen to a podcast that you like? Listen to a book on tape that you like? Do you have some form of exercise that you enjoy that is not punishment? Like, yeah, like. Yeah. Who gives a shit what kind of exercise it is? Do something that you really, really like. Yeah. So that you can get happy hormones in your brain that are not from food. And then the more times that you do that, your brain can associate that habit with happy hormones. So you know that the next time you're stressed, anxious, depressed, et cetera, you can go on a walk and listen to that book on tape versus going to get food. Yes. And then the more times you do that, the more times that habit will be reinforced versus going to get food. I love that. Yeah. And what about like when they say that they, well, it causes withdrawals. So what is the, how did that come from? If you go from a very high carbohydrate diet to a low carbohydrate diet, you will get carbohydrate withdrawals and they suck. When I was younger, unmarried, and working at my last job, we went on, we, I don't know how many of the other people did this, but I did this all the time. I went on diets to, for the sake of science all the time. And some of the things that happened or side effects as a result of that were just, yeah, carb withdrawal suck. You mentioned putting yourself on these diets. Is that just so you you knew what the experience was like and what the symptoms were like and what these types of diets did to you so that you would be able to relate that information to your clients down the, down the road then? Yes. And my dog just opened the door. My dog's out back during podcast time. Otherwise, she'll, she'll bother me too much. So <laughs> love it. Yeah, my dog just opened the door. Yeah. What kind of dog do you have? Um, he looks like a schnauzer, but he's not a schnauzer. He's like a like a stuffed animal. But he <laughs> is So with with uh your your past in gymnastics too, what what how was your relationship with food like during gym, gymnastics? Obviously, you have to have a very specific uh physique. Um, and you, I mean, you gotta be super strong as well. So what was that like? And did you struggle with any type of bad be- eating behaviors with that? Yeah. I mean, I ran the gamut of like starting diets as a teenager and the whole, I don't even know if there was a specific like trend cause I'm 36. So it was like, I was it. in high school in like the late or like 2000s ish. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was like low carb, it's probably low carb. So like late high school, it was, you can eat as little as possible. And, but then when I went into college, it was a, you can't eat too little because then you won't be able to practice and practices were four and a half hours. But then oh boy. like, like we got stipends cause I was on scholarship, but it wasn't it wasn't that much money. 
so it was like, how can you eat to fuel your workout with not very much money? Mm. Ramen noodles. <laughs> Actually, I, w- I remember walking to practice in the morning, like eating Pop-Tarts and drinking a Diet Pepsi. Okay. I mean, the Pop-Tarts, you're getting, you're getting those quick acting carbs, right? Yeah. So those simple sugars. So. <laughs> but then I remember like sitting on the bus, eating those little 100 calorie pack. They don't have those anymore, but those like little 100 calorie packs of like whatever snacks they were and being like, oh, you're too fat to eat actual food. You can only eat this. Mm. But yeah. And then I think for a while becoming a dietitian and working, I worked specifically in weight loss for a long time. Working in weight loss for me was very toxic for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Because then, I mean, all you talked about was weight loss and all you talked about was weight loss. And then you felt right. like you had to be on a diet too for a really long time. Um, so that That's was a great also point. very weird. Even yeah. as a coach, I mean, I like yeah. early on in my coaching career, I actually felt that type of pressure to to, to have that shredded physique and that be, being, you know, being super lean all the time. Um, it took me a while to, to come to terms with the fact that I don't need to do those things and I don't, I don't need to conform to other people's expectations of me. And that's what I teach my clients then too, is most people come to me with weight loss goals. I mean, most people come to most coaches for weight with weight loss goals, but it's reframing those goals and building other things, you know, getting stronger and, and improving our health. That that's what really matters. And we, and we try to get our clients to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the hard thing too, is that most people come to dietitians and say, I want to lose weight. And granted, I don't tell people to lose weight because that's not my job. Thank mm-hmm. you. Like, yay. But I'm not, I mean, I can't tell someone else what to do with their body. Mm-hmm. Like I can't say, oh, you shouldn't lose weight because diets are horseshit and you're going to gain all your weight back and you're going to make yourself unhealthier in the process. So you probably should just learn to love your body how it is and focus on healthy behaviors right where you're at because nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. But it's funny then if they focus on those things, weight loss might happen as a result of those mm-hmm. things, right? Ding ding ding. Yes. <laughs> so how do we so how do we how how do you um frame it that way then and and help people understand that when we when you start focusing on those other things, that's actually when, you know, you you you, you it's likely you'll see the results and change that you're looking for rather than putting weight loss at the forefront, right? It's hard. Well, when I uh, see clients, I really don't encourage tracking of the food. I don't okay. encourage weighing, measuring. We talk about kind of how to plan your plate as a whole, like getting in some protein, getting in some carbs, making sure there's fat on the plate, making sure there's some non-starchy vegetables. What you put in each of those categories, categories bleh, is very much up to you. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to eat because I'm not your mom and I don't know what foods you like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but being nitpicky about the specifics of macros, calories, all of those things is just not helpful. Right. And the Focus funny on the thing wrong is, things. is that, yeah, a fun, the funny thing is, is a lot of people tend to have issues with eating on a schedule, just like making sure they're getting in regular meal times, making sure they're getting a snack when they're hungry. Um, making sure they're getting some kind of protein at every meal so that they don't, so that they stay full, right? Just getting down the basics. 
Yeah. It really so it's is. Like, skipping breakfast, we... skipping lunch, and then yeah. being so famished that, you know. That yeah. so it's neither like, even if we calories. wanted to focus on weight loss, you ha- we have to just get the basics of proper nutrition down before you can even focus on other stuff. It's like trying to take off your training wheels when you don't even know what a bike is. Right. Right. I love that. I I was just thinking the other day that, that nutrition, the basics foundation needs to be taught in schools better. I think that that we are lacking in that department. And a lot of people just don't know the basics of like how to, you know, make sure you get protein with your carbs that they, they're all the macronutrients go together for a reason um, to make you feel better and to fuel yourself. Well, in the the thing, I think the hard thing is, is that um, I think I made a video about this is that we learn so much of our information from, the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diet culture, diets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the media, and, yeah, yeah. And and people point out on the comments all the time that seeing a dietitian is expensive and I get that. Like I am not accessible for a lot of people. And yeah. that's garbage. Yeah. Yeah, the whole re- we definitely need healthcare reform in that regard dietitians should be more accessible to everybody. And we also something I'm like I think I saw Dr. Uh, Spencer Nadolsky um, make a tweet about this. Um, gym memberships should be standard with with health insurance. Like they should reimburse reimburse you 100. Some some Mine more has that, insurances do that, I've but not seen everybody. Some gyms I also think to give like either health, reimburse- health insurance is there to make money off of us though, so I don't oh, see that after, yeah. actually ever happening. I think so seen some gyms, granted, this is probably uncommon, either give you. Like reimburse you if you go so many times a, a month, um, but either doing more like that. But yeah, nutrition is not. It's not promoted because it's a very good part of preventative medicine, and if more, yep. and um, uh, I forget her name, but there's a woman who's done a lot of research with like the Hayes movement, and they found things like just adding more movement and whole grains and fruits and vegetables, those kind of behaviors, even if you did not change your weight at all, will reduce your A1C, improve cholesterol, improve blood pressure and things like that. Health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, your insurance company doesn't want that. Right. Like they make less money off of you. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, and you mentioned some a key word you mentioned there was adding, right? So like, and that's what the, how this whole thing should be looked at. Health and our life really is what can we add into our life? Not what can we take away? Not what food group can we take away? But what can we add more of? What can we we could probably benefit from adding in more exercise, more walks, um, more enjoying activities that we enjoy, more fibrous vegetables and fruits and, and things like that, right? Yeah. Just and also to. With people, the mindset of restriction n- never puts people, You, me too, like saying you can't eat this is just going to make me feel yucky and it's going to make it's me feel like I did nature, something I wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But if you say, okay, here's a list of some vegetables. What do you like? Maybe try adding in one a week. Okay. That doesn't sound that bad. I think I can try that. Mm-hmm. Boom. Is a very different thing than saying, "Don't eat carbs." Yeah, 
<laughs> for sure. And I, I kind of along this line, I, I received a comment yesterday um, uh, on my fruit video, which you do edit, you know, um, somebody, <laughs> that sa- somebody said, somebody said, Adam and Eve was skinny before they ate the apple. I said, but did oh. eating the apple cause them to get diabetes or cause them to become obese or did it just um, <laughs> sentence them to eternal damnation? You know, <laughs> it's, um, well, it's like, and, how do you, how do you know? Were you there? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do you know what Adam and Eve look like? <gasps> but it's just these, these comments that we receive sometimes. And you, I think you might be the queen of clapbacks as well. You know, um, Beth has, Beth has said some good ones, but I, the way that you just completely annihilate people in, in, in a, in a respectful way, most of the time, because you're, you're, you're science-based. So you always trickle in the science, but Mm -hmm. you also put in your own humor in there as well, which, which I fucking love. I I personally love that. Science and sass. I really want to be really mean to you. If you are selling people bullshit weight loss supplements. Yeah. Yes. That those are the people they have no respect. I have no respect for that. Yeah. I think that's when I take my gloves off. Or, or, your banana peels come off. And combining <laughs> BS weight loss and fear mongering. Like I yeah. can't, I know, like I have no tolerance for that. Yeah. Like that just, no, just the combination of carbs are going to give you diabetes, but you can eat whatever you want with my feel great system. Jesus. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh yeah. They, they, they created a problem and then they're selling you the solution to the problem they created. Right. I just, it makes me so frustrated. I just I, want to scream. But, you know, the thing is, is that as much as you can get frustrated for people believing it, people want quick fixes to a complicated disease. Mm-hmm. And a tea is quicker than a complicated diet and exercise and losing 80 pounds and dropping your A1C 10 points is a very daunting thing to do. Yeah. But unfortunately the tea isn't going to do fuck off for that. Right. So no, and the just, tea is like <laughs> expensive. You're just spinning you your wheels anyway. And yeah. You you're going to get burn that a hole in your pocket. On Amazon for like $5. I tell people that all the time, like with, with ketones, like we see the prove it ketones everywhere. Right. And like, if you're going to buy ketones, buy them on Amazon for $5. Fuck, fuck, prove it. You know, like don't give yeah, them and your don't, money. Don't drink too many of those ketones because they're like salt based and they make, make, may make you crap your pants. Yeah. And what are some other harmful subs, um, side effects, potential side effects of over supplementation with ketones? Cause like you said, it's those are ester salts and, and, and not those salts. Right. So th- those can have a lot of, um, um impact, just generally, you know? uh, GI side effects, but okay. it with electrolytes in general, you just shouldn't mess with them because they can give you GI side effects. They can give you cardiac side effects if you have any cardiac issues. Um, and electrolytes in your body just kind of keep things. You want your electrolytes to stay balanced and too much of them and not enough of them are just never a really good thing. Shouldn't that be so a just, huge red flag to people on the keto diet? Cause they always supplement with, with electrolytes, right? Like I would think that's a huge red flag for, for people like your, your, your way of dieting is destroying your health. So you're having to do another, like add supplements, you know, to, to correct these issues. So like, I feel, I feel like that would be a huge red flag, but 
we have these any, keto support any, groups and carnivore support groups that that have all the answers for people, or maybe they're just not ketoing hard enough if they're saying, or they get victim blamed and things like that, you know? Well, here's the thing is that like, if you have a colorful, varied diet and you leave the house, which I don't, and there's some <laughs> sunshine, you shouldn't need supplements, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So these diets that require a lot of supplementation to make you be healthy and survive should always be a big red flag. And the fact yep. that like carnivore diets, that oh, scurvy oh. is a possible side effect. Do you know how hard it is God. to get scurvy? Almost every food that has well, a color. They're fucking pirates anymore. Oh pirates God. got scurvy. <laughs> no, and the thing, like scurvy is so hard to get. You actually have to work to get it. Jesus. Which they are. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, 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 it's mind blowing. Yeah, I I was um, I I recently saw um, an Instagram post um, from from a nutrition doctor um, about how um, carnivore is is gonna be is probably gonna turn out to be like the most harmful fad diet ever, um, and there's no gun there's there's not gonna be anybody to hold accountable to it because the people that are that are promoting these diets there's like the four main culprits, um, um, but they're they're not there to answer anybody's questions. There's nobody there to hold them accountable to it. No. And, and yeah. And it's just, and it's, it's funny because the following for these doctors isn't as strong on TikTok, but the following for them on Instagram is like huge. It's in millions. Mm-hmm. And their, their, their followers are, um, militant. Yes. I had to, Die. yeah, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but, uh, I had to curtail who can message me and comment on my Instagram posts because they started like they found That's me pathetic. and they started like they will attack, attack your very core human self, gender, intelligence, degrees, every single thing they can possibly find. It's it's really bad. That's insane. That, that's yeah. insane to be in that type of situation where you just by talking food, just people get that. that- just by saying that eating one food group is a bad life choice, that you are a stupid human being with no intelligence, no degree, and that you don't deserve to live on this planet. Like, oh Where my do, goodness. Maybe you don't know. I, I certainly don't know. But like keto, uh, carnivore has really has been ramped up these last, I feel like these last few months. Obviously, it's always been a thing. But like, where did this bullshit start? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't like... Especially the idea of eating like our ancestors. To me, that is just so asinine. Like, but not only that, but like when they talk, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but did did our ancestors not eat berries and forage and things for berries of and course, fruits? They, like, ate they, ate, they ate anything they, they could they had possibly available. find that had calories in it. So why are these carnivore zealots not like taking that into consideration? That oh my god, they actually did eat because fruit. it's because it's not manly. <laughs> it's not manly. Is that so? You, do you think no. that's kind of like the the mo of that diet like is this alpha male like i mean there's uh, a little bit of that to it granted there's women that that are on the carnivore diet so i don't want to exclude anybody very strong personalities Um, let's say strong personalities then but also too the thing that's hard about the carnivore diet is that it is so expensive so you got to be privileged in in order to eat that way keto diets are expensive sometimes yeah 
and it's it's like this is never discussed in in open settings about like who can afford this there's a very small subset of people who can afford grass-fed two grass-fed, grass-fed ribeyes for breakfast <laughs> for sure for sure your dog it's, it's doesn't sh- like that diet he's like give me some give me some uh give me some meat <laughs> yeah your dog wants grass-fed ribeyes for breakfast but like i'd love to have that right yeah yeah not a, and that never sure. mind your gut that's gotta hurt and you know and i always say in nutrition there's not really new information because there really isn't right now shockingly new information about food but we are learning more things about your gut like gut health equals mm-hmm. body health mm-hmm. they're just going to learn more things about your gut health equaling your health as a human being fiber is good for your gut yes Fiber People is like mag- to argue fiber with me magic. online about how you can live without fiber. Oh. You can, but you shouldn't. It's going to be a miserable existence. Doesn't yeah. sound fun. What's the the one the one carnivore coach literally said uh, fiber is a myth, right? I, I don't remember which 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 coach it was, but what do you mean fiber is a myth? <laughs> is fiber like a unicorn that somebody right. made up? Right. No. I, well, I was also told today that grammar is made up. So um, you know, so there's that. Um, of course they weren't, they were trying to convince me that, that we shouldn't eat fruit year round because it doesn't grow year round. And, and of course I had to, sh- I showed them that they were oh wrong. Um, you know, he's like, he's like, name some winter fruits. So I named off like, I named off like oranges and lemons, you know, citrusy fruits and, and tangerines. And he's like, well, that's, they don't grow in Wisconsin. I'm like, you never said Wisconsin, first of all. And he's like, but that's, and that doesn't cover snowy environments. And I said, you never said that either. But then I was like, of course. So then I had to show him like, hey, actually these fruits can grow in, uh, uh, you know, with snow covered ground and things like that. Of course, then. is not like segregated to just Wisconsin. Right. One, one state in the United States out of this fast continent continent and, and planet but you want to cherry pick that one you know wisconsin so, um yeah wisconsin so and homage to your homage wisconsin to your cheese head that you're wearing so <laughs> for sure all right we are gonna play a game do you like playing games Uh-oh. andy i'm scared but i can do this okay. we, we, we Over- love games we love games it's just it's overrated or underrated Oh, okay. I can do this. Yeah. All right. So I'll go first. Allergy tests. Overrated. (laughs) Have, have, uh, have, have the food allergy tests, um, have those been like pretty much invalidated? Like what is there, is there actually any, the mail ones been? have been invalidated. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Lately I've noticed actually. Yeah. I tagged you today. The allergy. Allergy, immune, allergy, asthma, and immunology society. Uh, on their website, they have said this is a no. Got it. Yes. Okay, so overrated. There we go. Nice and no, really doesn't require much, um, much more uh, conversation. I've got one for you. Uh, okay. We got a few. So uh, meal timing, and I'm talking overrated. about meal timing. In, in re- okay, yep. So you already know where I'm going with that. So meal timing, just re- in regards to general life and 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 health and and everything. Okay, I got one. Overrated. Okay. Snacks. Snacks. Um, underrated. 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 I've seen I've seen a few videos this week telling people that they shouldn't snack if they have 
blood sugar dysregulation. And what, yeah, what was this person's qualifications to be saying that too? You know, like that's, that's, I, I know it, it's coming. Yeah. Just yeah. It, <laughs> I don't know if you could see my crossed eyes this far away. Uh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna have a lot of good clips out of this one. <laughs> um, Beth, let's hear yours. <laughs> underrated. Why totally why underrated. is fruit underrated, Andy? Why let's explain it to our listeners. Why is fruit underrated? Um, because it's a really good source of quick energy. It goes well with cheese. It goes well with like prosciutto. Ooh. So it goes well with meat. And it goes well with well like peanut butter and almond butter. And nuts. Goes it well does with not, everything. however, yeah. belong on pizza. Ooh, you uh, you, you know what? I don't I will with never you, I'm with you. I can't hot. Pineapple is just disgusting. I personally will never order it, but if it's there, I will eat it. Okay. I don't discriminate on pizza. I will eat anything, but I will never order it for myself. So I'm, I'm there with you. my husband eats it. I don't. Yeah. Thank God there's someone that, that and then, agrees with me on that one. <laughs> with with fruit then too, right? Like like you said, it's a quick energy source. That's I think that's why people demonize it, right? Because it because because of the sugar, but then with fruit you're getting the fiber, which is going to then offset the the insulin response, right? Yeah. So it's and, like and like sure, like if you're needing a snack, eat a banana with almond butter. It's really good. Or like a Honeycrisp apple with the maple almond butter. Oh, it's yummy. I've never had that, but I love honey crisps. Honey crisps and, are um, it's, by far my favorite. It's that time of year. I'm going. I'm going to the the market this weekend with my son for some pumpkin p- picking. So I'll definitely pick up some some but some butter like that. Yeah, so the Justin's maple almond butter is just oh, divine. I've never had. Yeah, I've, I love Justin's uh, mother butters that they make. Yeah, yeah, they're really really one, good. So. They got yeah. the little snack packs. You just squeeze them and put them on your apple. Snack pack, snack pack. What's that? Uh, b- Billy Madison snack. <laughs> um, so in the same regard, then we'll, I'll give you an overrated, underrated um, fiber supplements. Overrated. Overrated. Is is the reasoning because we would prefer to get from from real food, whole foods, right? And it's not it's not I something mean, that's needed. There's no bad fiber, but like it's like you can get. The, there's a myth that it's hard to get from food. It's really not hard to get from food. Like you can get it from like yeah. berries, chia seeds, beans, some vegetables, some fruit, and you're good for the day. For sure. I think people yeah, think it's harder to get than it is. And it's not that hard to get. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have one for us, Andy? I'm trying to think. Pre-workout. Well, uh, pre-workout. Ooh, that's a good one. We talked I about that with over, Sabrina last week. I, I agree. I think overrated. I think, um, I think it's overrated. And the reason why I think it's overrated is, first of all, it should, you shouldn't need to rely on something to help you get in your workout in that regard. If like if I'd rather look at your behaviors surrounding why you need it. Right. Are we are we trying to cover up a shitty night's sleep with pre-workout because we're not we're sleeping four hours a night? Um, let's try to let's try to get that under control first. Um, yeah, no, I have I, I my pre-workout. I literally just have coffee if if i need anything i'll have black coffee and a banana what i I eat myself since that's what i'm wearing today you know so (laughs) i'm delicious i'm delicious (laughs) 
I I got called I, a cannibal I, too on my on my video I did yesterday because of well you Matt, know, I, I was the eating best a banana. Kind of protein for you is the one most like you. <laughs> there you go. That's that's creepy in a way, you know. But let's let's. <laughs> that's what I was oh, taught God. in school. Gotcha. I think pre workouts so, are so dumb. Yeah, so do they, the, I, yeah. I agree. I mean, people, people like, use that. Yeah, it's just another way to car, and it's like. God. Well, and they often mix like weird chemicals in them and like weird stimulants in them. Mm. And it's like, ooh. And that's right. not regulated either, right? So you, no, unless you su- get it. No supplements. No supplements are. Yeah. Unless and you I get think, the third party rating, you know, third party tested, which that's that's more respectable, but not everybody goes that route too. So you have no idea no, what you're getting a lot like, of times. They've found hard drugs. They've found banned stimulants. They've found, um, Banned diuretics. Uh, they found things that make you poop your pants. Uh, there's been some real gnarly stuff found in supplements, yeah. that, and these aren't even on the label. So, because there's there's no regulation on that, right? They can do whatever the hell they want, essentially, and they can put unless, whatever they want on the label, right? And nobody nobody's going to test it unless a few people die. Then you might be in hot water, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what it that's what it takes for like. The government to get involved is a few people dying. Get that class action lawsuit or something. Uh, it's horrible, get, but it's, get, it's the, true. get the FDA's attention. Yeah, for sure. They have too much. They have too much other things to do. Definitely. Uh, Beth, you got any more overrated underrated for us? I do. Pumpkin spice. Ooh. I am as basic as they fucking come. <laughs> so this. So underrated. Anything pumpkin spice, just like put it in a bathtub and I'm going to sit in it. And then I'm going to eat it all. <laughs> for, me, for me, that's overrated. I'm not a pumpkin spice person, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, I get, I don't think I meet the criteria for, for the pumpkin spice craze. So. Yeah. I ran out of I, pumpkin spice creamer and then I used like a hazelnut creamer. And then I was like, this is really depressing. So I will say I went um, I went to the coffee shop down the road um, last week and they had a special pumpkin spice latte brew or something. And it was real fancy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself today. I hated it. But I, I, I also drink black coffee. So it was too sweet for oh, me. Oh, yeah. I like I like the bitter, bold taste. Like I like like, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon and things like that. So I like bold tastes. So definitely not for me. I have too much acid reflux to drink wine because I'm an old, uh. old lady. Um, but like, I like pumpkin beer. I like pumpkin I lo- things. I do love pumpkin beer. I'm, I'm guilty with, with the pumpkin beers. That's my pump. Um, fall beers are my favorite because of that. So that's my, yeah, pump- my, a- my basic bitch, uh, right there is the pumpkin beers. Does, so. it ship- does it shipyard have a good pumpkin brew or something? I think so. Pumpkin um, is my favorite. Pumpkin. It's, it's that's quite- my favorite too. Yes, Andy. Yes. It It's. It's quite high in alcohol content, so I drink one like 10, and then I, I think. L- l- like brighten, like turn bright red like a tomato, and then I'm knocked on my ass. And they give it to you in so, a small serving too. They give it like in a six or yeah. six or eight ounce glass because of that. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yes, I I am proud to be very what? white girl basic, and that is so fine that was by me. Underrated for you too, Beth. Is that uh, was that what the consensus was? I get, uh, when fall comes, I get really fucking irritated because people at the end of August are like, I want pumpkin everything. And I live in Maine 
So winter is like seriously eight months. And I'm like, you guys, it's fucking August. We've only had like three let's not months. Rush this. Uh, let's please, let's not rush it. I mean, I love the fall season. It's great, but I don't want it to come yet. Um, so I get yeah. really irritated. Yeah, I'm in Live Georgia. In the moment. It's, it's still like 75 degrees out. Oh, see, nice. It's so very like, cold can right you just now. Be a little colder so I can wear a big sweater. Yeah. You can come here. I, it's I very have, cold. Yeah, here in Ohio we have we, we're we're in full on fall now. It's it's only yeah. probably like 50 degrees outside It's right almost now, winter so. basically here. <laughs> yeah, in Maine you're probably going to be getting snow any day now. Yeah, it could that could, <laughs> it could happen. Yeah, when I lived yeah. in Minnesota there was usually a good blizzard before Halloween every yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Minnesota. 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 <laughs> I went I went to Minnesota once. Um, this is back when I had a full-time job. And I did curling for the first time ever when I went to Minnesota. Super fun, but super challenging. That is a hard game to, to, to like, moving that. The I don't even remember what it's called. It's not the puck, but the whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I don't Just even know what scooting that's that called. Along the, like scooting that along the ice. ice. Yeah, yeah. You want to imagine, like, how sweeping the ice can have that much of an impact but it does like and they're they're like bending it like beckham and everything it's crazy yeah i don't i don't like do sports anymore because my coordination mm. is very poor is it as a even as a former gymnast yeah i trip and fall a lot and i like pull my back <laughs> muscles just moving so i keep it really got it got it not totally sedentary but we pre we keep it pretty low key Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had another, I have one more on my list of overrated under underrated. Um, this is just protein shakes. See, I'm this totally is, in the middle. I can't, I can't. Okay. I think that's fair. Appropriately, appropriately, um, rated depending on the context. Right. Yeah. I think is, is the, is the fair thing to say. Cause I, As, I'll I say think, like, no, go sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, in terms of what, like people ask all the time, is it okay to replace a meal with a protein shake? And I'm like, let's not do that. Maybe you know, if if we're in a pinch and a protein shake is all we have, yeah, cool. But like, I don't want to, I don't want you to be replacing full on meals with a protein shake or 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 something like that. That's where I I say that they're overrated. But then, uh, in terms of reaching our goals and and just getting enough protein in, I think they're um, appropriately like neutral, I guess. Yeah. I am kind of the same. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, you have to have protein shakes. But I've had a lot of clients who are not breakfast eaters mm -hmm. because they wake up and like run out the door. Um, and a protein shake can be a very, very speedy breakfast option. That's a great point. Um, yeah. Do you, do you um, have to have your clients? Um, so something that a lot of my clients will do is they get the premier protein shakes and they'll blend that in their coffee in the morning. And yeah. then, you know, instead of, yeah. instead of using like regular creamer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great when yeah. people do that. Yeah. So, so in that case, like if someone doesn't eat breakfast or doesn't have time to make a balanced breakfast, or will just eat like cereal, which has zero protein in it, doing like a protein shake or mixing your protein shake in coffee and maybe like a banana and a glob of peanut butter can be a much better option than nothing because yeah. a lot of people don't have time to make a big breakfast before work. So yeah, in those instances, sure. awesome. 
Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I agree. I love the, I yeah. love the explanation. Did Andy, were you able to come up with another one for us or Beth, do you have another um, one? I don't have any, any more. Okay. Let's oh, put Andy I have, on the I have an exercise one. Ooh, uh, let's hear it. The Versa Climber. You know the stair? Oh no. Do you have, do you know what the Versa Climber is? Yes. The little thingy uh, on the wall. Death is what that is. It's called death is what I call it. Um, so overrated or underrated? Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say probably overrated. I guess it, what, like just, just in terms of a cardio workout or like just in general, um, overrated. Yeah. That's what I think. Overrated. overrated. I think it's way, <clears throat> that's very, that's very high intensity. If your goal is to get a high intensity, quick cardiovascular workout, and that will definitely accomplish that. Yeah. But I think it's way overkill for the majority of people. I think that's got a very specific purpose for like athletes and, and, yeah. and conditioning. If you're really trying to get in really good conditioning, I think. So how I would say overrated doing, for most How about people. walking like the stair machine or walking upstairs? Overrated underrated. or underrated? I think I was going to say underrated. Yeah. Why, why, do you, why do you say underrated, Beth? Um, I've had clients, let's say during the pandemic, like they, they didn't have any equipment at home. So I would have them walk up and down their stairs for 12 minutes straight. Um, just as like a finisher. Yeah. 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 And, and I will also say underrated. And my, my reasoning is because it's not running and mm -hmm. most people think of running as what they need to do for, for cardio and things like that. Yeah. So I love walking and walking variations. Anything we can do yeah. to like to to just implement that implement that more. So walking on the stairmaster, um, walking on the incline treadmill, I'm all on board with that. So mm -hmm. I would say that that particular piece of equipment is underrated. Yeah, I hate running. I think running is Same. horrible. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Which is funny because I started out in my, my how I started my and now, now I don't running. run anymore. Most, yeah, for sure, for sure. Have you ever been a runner, Andy? Oh, I'm short yeah. and I have stumpy <laughs> legs and I did gymnastics. So I'm like all quick twitch muscles. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I like when I tried to, when I was in my like diet phase, I'm like, Oh, I have to run. And then the last time I ran a 10 K, I was like 28. And I told my husband, I'm like, never let me do that again. And then I had you? knee surgery because oh, I so. had knee problems and that's never going to happen. So got it. There's, and there's so many ways to get like cardio, like running. If, if you enjoy running, like I will never tell somebody to not do something, right? Like we talked about earlier, find yeah. something that you enjoy. If you enjoy running, do it, but don't think you have to do right. it. There's so many other ways to do it. Yeah. I could probably name a hundred things right now that you could do instead of running. So I don't want to do that though. So taking a nap, <laughs> recovering, <laughs> recovering. <laughs> I know that sounds better. Amazing. Oh God, Mike, can you guys hear the animals in my background? Oh, now my husband's home. Hi, Mike. <laughs> you live in is Maine. He, is, I assume is you the live animal, in Is he the animal you're referring to? Your husband? <laughs> the animals are home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, my I animal, think, my goodness. This has been a very productive hour and a very fun hour, I think. Yes. So fun. Um, for We're sure. so excited to have and, you on. Thank you. I'm very flattered. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah. Of course. Of course. It's been super fun, super enjoyable. And I know everything you, you talked about, I, I think people are really going to appreciate it and hopefully learn something from it too. Yeah, so. exactly. Goal, goal accomplished. Goal accomplished. Well, all thank right you then. guys for all of the 
good things that you say and do and being Likewise. so supportive. Oh, we yeah. appreciate Likewise. you. We love you. Thanks for being the, the sassy dietitian that we all love, <laughs> that we all need. <laughs> the hero we needed. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't know we need, but we got her. So, yeah. yes. All right, Andy. Uh, you all have right. a great day. Thanks for joining us today. Have an amazing yes, day. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. And that is a wrap for episode seven. If you have found even the smallest nougat of wisdom in this episode, share it with a friend that needs to hear it. Come on, don't be stingy. Your friend will think you are the absolute best person out there. I know I love it when I get that random text from a friend sharing a link to a podcast that they know I'm going to absolutely love. Along with the message, oh my God, you've got to listen to this podcast. You will fucking love it.